Welcome to the Horseman's Academy podcast presented by Lundahl Performance. We believe in making advanced horsemanship accessible, and our mission is to present a raw, authentic look at horse training. We're problem solving, we're answering difficult questions, and we're breaking down common sense exercises for riders of all levels. On this podcast, we document the lessons we've learned in our own horsemanship journey while offering insights that might help you achieve your horsemanship goals. Thank you for listening. In today's bonus segment, we're going to answer two Q&A questions that have come in through our Facebook Messenger. If you want to submit questions for the podcast, you can go to Facebook, go to Lundahl Performance, and submit a question by messaging our page. However, as we discussed in the intro to Season 2 of our podcast, we want to do things a little bit differently than most trainers do with Q&A. We're asking people to submit a question, but with their question, try to provide three hypothetical answers to their own question. Now, both of these ladies that we're going to answer their question for today, they didn't follow that format, and we're going to talk about why that format is important as we go through these questions. But nevertheless, we're going to answer them anyway because we feel that there's some good information to be had, and these are very common things that other horse owners might be running into. So let's get into it. The first question is from Deanna about her horse that's constantly leaning and anticipating. Deanna's question reads, I have an off-the-track thoroughbred. He leans to the left at the canter, even in a straight line. He never used to do that. I'm torn between does he have a physical issue or is he just not willing to lope honestly? I can make him stay straight, but when I release the rein tension, he goes back to drifting. Any ideas? The last few rides, I put him back in a martingale to get more collection. We worked on loping in the pasture on a straight line and worked on um, trotting and loping circles, focusing on exaggerating cues and body positions. I try to keep the circles random so he can't anticipate. He's a very anticipating horse. Something that I never used to grasp until I finally had a mentor tell me this was that you can never truly correct a horse's leaning or anticipation issues or even magnets to certain areas like the gate or the barn until you get that horse truly broke and soft through the body. I'm especially reminded during our apprenticeship phase, actually, Amy, where both you and I were instructed to do cloverleaf patterns for like several weeks straight because in the cloverleaf exercise, you get to a point where if the horse is anticipating turning one direction on the pattern, you're supposed to lope them or jog them the other way. And that constantly counteracting and doing the exact opposite of what the horse was anticipating, that was supposed to fix the leaning issues. But it never really did. It, it at most would get the horse 50 to 75% better. But it would never fully root out those problems because all horses have one side or another that's weaker. Most horses, some worse than others, are always going to have a side that they lean to. And you're never going to really root that out and fix it until you break loose and soften those body parts and get better control of this horse's body altogether. So without a lot of specific details to go on of where this horse is at in its training, we just know that she has been working on some collection and she's been doing a lot of loping exercises with this horse. The fact is you're never going to stop this leaning by doing loping exercises. 
if I had my hands on this horse one-on-one with Deanna, the first thing I would do is evaluate its level of stiffness. Can we bend this horse around our inside leg? How soft is his rib cage? How much control do we have of this horse's shoulders? Usually those are big areas where leaning and anticipation is going to come out from. The horse is always bulging its rib cage one way or is stiff to one side or is constantly wanting to lean that shoulder. You know, so can we yield this horse's forequarters? Can we counterbend this horse and, and step the shoulder up off the circle while keeping the horse bent the original direction? How much front end control do we have? How much hindquarter control do we have? And if we get these controls on this horse and get them a lot softer through the body, what we can then do, what it allows us to do, is we can work on these leaning issues in a more effective way. For example, if we're tracking around on a left circle and we feel that horse's left shoulder leaning in, rather than simply turning the horse to the right, we can counterbend the horse up off the circle and remind him, hey, you need to stand that left shoulder up. Don't just collapse everything on that side. You need to stand up there and have some integrity. But because we have that horse broke in the body and we have those tools on them, we can isolate that body part. In that example, it's the shoulders, but there's other areas as well. And that's where we would need more detail and context. And ideally, I would work with someone like Deanna one-on-one to figure out exactly where the horse is stiff at. I'm reminded of our recent academy lesson with Katie whose horse, Zesty, did extremely well in many of the advanced exercises that we did, but there was a persistent issue with that horse being stiff and having a sticky spot on its left side, particularly in the front end and in the shoulders. That was an issue that came out in multiple exercises. So zeroing in on what the problem is, such as in that case, and then being able to identify it and correct it and isolate that body part, that's why we get our horses broke through the body. That's why we teach that. So I don't know what level Deanna's horse is at, but that's what we need to figure out is where is this horse's leaning and stiffness really coming out? I'm assuming it's probably in the front end, maybe in the left shoulder, but it could be in other areas as well. My point overall is that simply redirecting a horse's feet is only effective to a certain degree. It never will totally fix the problem, although it will help. But you have to get the horse broke through the body, and you have to be able to isolate body parts that are weak or that the horse is stiff in or unbalanced about. This even is true with magnets. You can do rollbacks by the barn and rest the horse away. You can do that a thousand times. And same thing with the gate. And it might fix... 75% of the issue. Still, when you're riding around or, you know, let's say you're circling around the arena and you're going past the gate, you're going to feel that horse leaning toward it. That little bit of anticipation and leaning is still going to be in there. doesn't matter how much work by the object rest away that you do. If you don't have control of those body parts and you don't have the horse soft and you can't manipulate their body with your legs and hands and put them where you need them to be, You just lack that last bit of control there to really fix these leaning issues and problems. Yeah, those more foundation exercises that you mentioned, like uh, loping a lot of patterns, like the cloverleaf, 
or doing rollbacks where that horse wants to be and then resting them away. Those are all helpful things, but where we use those the most are on horses with like extremely little handle. So even if it's an older horse, it's very unbroke. We can't do a lot with it. It doesn't accept pressure very well. Or with a young colt that just hasn't progressed very far yet, we just don't have a lot of body control on it. That's where those exercises uh, you know, have their most benefit and that's where we use them the most. But once you have more handle on your horse, you know, you need to keep moving forward to get more body control that will give you lasting results. Yeah. Another example of where a horse is leaning, so to speak, is, you know, in certain contexts when we're circling or even working on things like a turnaround, one of the big problems that usually comes up is that horse's rib cage being bowed out too much one way or another. And so that there's a reason why we have a side passing and two tracking on a horse like that, because we need to be able to clean up that rib cage and hindquarters, you know, or even simple stuff. Like, for example, you go to do a transition and the horse is, is as they break down from, say, a lope to a jog, their body and everything is leaning and bulging one way. Uh, let's say it's going to the left. Can we get our legs in that horse and either to track them or side pass or counter bend up off of our left leg and get that horse's, whether it's the rib cage, whether it's the shoulders or hindquarters, driven off of our leg and going the opposite way. That's how you clean up those leaning and, and body issues, but you have to be aware of what's happening in the horse's body. You can't simply be thinking about it on a surface level of, well, my horse is always wanting to go to the left. Okay where is it going to the left? Is it in the front end, which is most likely the case? Is it constantly leaning or trying to duck and dive the shoulders? Or is it other areas of the horse's body? And once we know that, we can do little transitions exercises and things. We're isolating those body parts that are the troublemaker, and we're doing exercises to reinforce our control, push that body part the opposite way, and clean up that side of the horse that's leaning. Until you have your horse broke to that level, you're going to have a lot of problems just simply trying to do loping and redirection exercises. You're going to get to a maximum level of effectiveness, but to go any further, you've got to get the horse more broke. So as I mentioned, you know, because we don't have a ton of details, probably the most helpful thing I could say to Deanna without knowing a lot more information about the horse is that she needs to create transition exercises where she's paying attention to where this horse is leaning. For example, she's loping a straight line, she can feel that horse leaning to the left, so she either counterbends the horse at the lope off of that side, or she breaks the horse down and counterbends it into a tight circle, for example, and puts a lot of pressure on the horse for leaning that way. And then when the horse's feet are tracking on a right circle, she releases and heads off to the right. She needs to do things like that to really, in the moment, grab control of that horse's body and redirect it some other way, rather than simply steering it or turning it. Our next question comes from Cassie, and we kind of have a similar problem with Cassie's question because she gives us more details about the horse, but she doesn't really tell us what she's doing right now in response to these horses' problems. But let's get into the question first, and then we'll kind of break this down a little bit further. Cassie says, here's a little background. I was helping my trainer ride a bunch of three- and four-year-olds during the spring and summer. I fell in love with one in particular and purchased him before the fall. He's a four, turning five-year-old quarter horse gelding. When I was riding him over the summer every day, he was really mellow, a little lazy, but very calm and confident-minded. 
During the fall, I was working and in college and was only riding him one to two times a week, and he was doing fine. I moved him to a facility much closer to me three weeks ago, and now I'm riding 45 days a week. The first week was as expected. He's never been taken somewhere new. He took to it well, and I felt he was really getting better with the arena and such. Since then, each week, he's become more and more difficult, I guess you could put it. He's very distracted by other horses in the arena, and if we are riding alone, what the noises in the barn are, and is always trying to look at the door. He was never like this before, and I rode him with people all the time. He is overall not focusing on what I'm trying to do with him. So far, I've just been working through it, taking him over ground poles, around barrels, and whatnot, to try to get him to focus on what we're doing. He's also not the same laid-back guy I had in the summer. He's much more forward and not lazy at all. Still annoyed when I ask him things, but he does it fine. I'll ask for a trot, and he will try to canter, which is just very odd for him. He went from being lazy and laid back under saddle to very forward. I'm not terribly concerned with the forward thing, as I am with the focus. I want to start introducing him to the show scene this summer, and I can't have him being distracted and gawking at every horse there. Any suggestions? I'm trying to really get him soft and supple, like your podcasts say. I can try to get a video if that helps. Thanks, Cassie. So the essence of Cassie's question is that her horse has gone from being mellow and confident under saddle to now being very distractive, overreactive, and forward. And as I've said leading into this question, what I would really like to know, you know, Cassie provides a couple examples. You know, she said she's been working the horse over some ground pulls and circling some barrels and things like that. But what is she really doing on a daily basis in her training when this horse is overreacting or kind of off with the fairies mentally? What is she doing to really grab this horse's attention, put his feet to work, redirect his feet, get some control and establish some leadership? And I guess that's really my main point in this question is that she needs to really start stepping up and becoming a better leader for this horse. Be a more active rider. Start advancing this thing put more pressure on the horse, start raising your expectations, and start really implementing an actual program for your rides. The reason why I say that is because, again, I have to assume a lot of things not having seen the horse or having a ton of context here, but I've often seen this problem where a green horse or a colt gets started under saddle, and they get ridden pretty consistently in the beginning. But their training is never really advanced very far. They just have a kind of a good foundation of gas pedal, brake, being able to turn, soften a little bit left and right, just a basic handle on the horse. But because they were worked consistently in that foundation stage, during the time they were being trained, the horse was acting pretty well because they were being ridden consistently. She even said here that she was working the horse practically every day during that previous summer, and that's when he was acting his best. And that very much falls in line with what we see all the time, which is, Horses that are young, green, they're uneducated, they're in steady training, and so their mind is like an open book. They don't have a ton of bad habits yet because they're still in that green stage where everything is new, plus they're getting ridden consistently. So those two things, usually usually the horses are coming along pretty well in those first few months, even with somebody that isn't really pushing that horse to its limit. Just the fact that they're working it consistently is good enough. And a lot of times these little colts kind of fool us into thinking, oh man, you know, he's so good-minded, he's so advanced, etc. But at a certain point, that foundation training, if we don't advance beyond that and really implement a structured program, the horse starts to get bored and they start to poke holes in what we're doing. 
bad habits start to creep in. And what makes that worse is if we suddenly back off the training, you know, thinking that this horse is doing so well and he's advanced so much, we don't have to work him as hard. And she even says in her question, you know, she went because of work and other things. Nevertheless, she was riding the horse only one to two days a week. She said he was doing fine during that time, but I would venture to say that that's when some, some bad habits started to creep in. You're only working the horse one to two days a week, which is not enough consistency to progress the horse in any given context. You know, unless she was working this horse twice a day, two days in a row, every single weekend, she probably wasn't making a lot of progress. She was probably just barely keeping that horse to where it was previously, and in the background, because this horse is fresher, and he's getting older, and he's getting more of a handle on what's happening now, and he's able to start poking holes in her program, figure out weaknesses, and start going down that path of bad habits creeping in. And it came to a head here at this new facility because he's in a new environment, so he's got a lot of things that are distracting him. He's got a lot of opportunities to take his attention and respect away from Cassie and mentally leave her, and she doesn't have the tools to recapture his attention and really redirect his feet and get his attention and respect back on her with authority. So if I was in the same situation, I would start upping my expectations. I'd be doing a lot more concentrated training with this horse every single day. And I would really, I would have a good mix. I would have a, actually a complete program, you know, start off every ride with a lot more concentrated training whether it's yielding the hind quarters, getting more front-end control, yielding the four quarters, or leading into our spins, doing a lot of backing, side passing, things of that nature, doing a lot of concentrated training at the beginnings of the ride, and then have at least two loping sessions throughout the ride where I'm working on my loping and my transitions exercises. And if this horse comes out super fresh and reactive and things like that, you know, I'm going to do a lot of intense transition redirection exercises like rollbacks, for example, on the fence or other exercises, rather than just loping and coasting around and letting this horse look for things to spook at, I'm going to do very intensive things that capture that horse's attention, force him to pay attention and focus on what we're doing, and only when he submits, softens, relaxes, and is doing the exercise with some consistency, am I going to back off the pressure. But my instinct tells me here, just from experience and just from what we stereotypically see with horse owners, Cassie probably isn't putting near enough pressure on this horse, mentally or physically. She's not doing enough intensive training. She's not keeping this horse occupied mentally. And when the horse does take his attention and focus off of her and starts being reactive, she's not immediately capturing his attention and doing something about that with authority. We had a podcast long ago where I think the title of it, or at least the main theme was, Stop Being a Non-Factor. And we were talking about trail riders who are just letting their horse meander down the trail, looking for things to spook at, but then not taking action to counteract that horse's reactive tendencies. They're not taking a hold of this horse. They're not redirecting their feet in any authoritative way. They're not doing anything from a training perspective to demand their horse's attention and respect. They're just letting it saunter around, spooking at things, whinnying, screaming its head off, and going where it wants to. You've got to have a strategy and a plan going into every ride with a horse like this. And my gut tells me that with a lot more concentrated training, 
higher levels of expectations and just in general working this horse harder and giving him a job, he's going to settle back to that mellow, chilled-out gelding that he was when she first started riding him. Yeah, I've had similar questions from some other people, and you know, it was it was a very similar type of situation or scenario where they started a young colt, and they kind of had a set level of expectations and a set you know um, set of exercises that this horse could perform and that they were really happy with, and they were happy to kind of stay in that baseline level with their horse. And people don't want to think about horses in this way, but it's very true that horses, they just naturally seek to take advantage where they can, nine times out of ten. And so even though that handler or rider is happy with how that horse is performing at that base level, the horse knows the system now. Riding isn't a new concept to him anymore. Before it was kind of new, you know, he didn't know the system. It's hard to take advantage something of something when you don't know the ins and outs of it. So by this point, the horse knows kind of the ins and outs, the schedule, the program, some of the exercises, blah, blah, blah. So at you as a rider, even if you would be happy with him how he was, he's not going to let you stay there. He's either going to keep poking holes and finding ways to take advantage of what he now knows, and he'll keep getting worse and developing, you know, more bad habits and worse things that we don't like. Or you continue to progress his training. You find a program to follow where you're continuing his education, you're getting him more broke, and you're getting him more handle on him. As much as we would like to stay in that beginning stages, it's horses don't let us do that. Well, and one thing I want to point back to at the beginning of Cassie's question, she says she was helping her trainer ride a bunch of three- and four-year-olds during the spring and summer. She fell in love with this particular horse and purchased him in late summer, right before fall. And so, you know, let's look at the situation from just a a high-level 30,000-foot perspective. This horse was in steady training with a trainer. It was in some kind of a program where there was progression, there was standards, there was intense riding probably, and this horse was getting worked consistently every single week. It suddenly gets pulled out of that program and goes into a situation where it's not being ridden nearly as intensely And there's probably not the same expectations being put on it of that demand and that progression through a program. So it's it's almost like this horse's development was paused. It was uprooted from that situation where it was being worked consistently. And now it's in a situation where it's being worked inconsistently. And through the passage of time now, there's been a space that has allowed bad habits to creep in. Because as Amy pointed out, horses naturally, they're reactive animals. That is their nature. On top of that, they're fundamentally lazy animals, and they will look for ways to do the least amount of work possible. Depending on their personality, they're going to look for ways to chump you. Or in some cases, even, the horse is not chumping us physically. They're just looking for opportunities to be reactive and to mentally leave us. Instead of focusing on their what their job is and what we're asking of them, they kind of go off with the fairies and focus on things that they want to look at or react to. So this horse needs to get back on track with a more intensive program, and we need to focus on progressing this horse. We need to focus on, especially when these reactive behaviors and habits come up, we need intense redirections of this feet, like aggressively taking a hold of that horse, turning it around, backing it up aggressively, going and doing some rollbacks, doing a lot of intensive loping exercises, letting the horse air up in between, but multiple intense loping sessions during each ride 
This horse needs a job. He needs consistent workload. He needs Cassie to step up, become the leader, and become the loudest voice of control and authority in this horse's life right now because that's what he really needs. In fact, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for something to occupy his mind. It just isn't her right now. And this brings us to a final and probably bigger, more important question, which is in situations like this, I often have people come up to me and say, you know, my horse is acting like this, this, and this. And they list a lot of problems that their horse is having right now behaviorally or in their training. And their question always is why? Why is he doing this? In a situation like this, it's more important to ask, what are you doing about it? It literally doesn't matter why the horse is being reactive, why the horse isn't paying attention, why the horse is fresh, why the horse is forward. That doesn't matter so much as what are you doing about it in the moment and just in general in your program. What are you doing to redirect this horse's feet? What are you doing to put more pressure on this horse, demand his attention and respect, redirect his feet with the amount of pressure and authority that it's going to take to capture his attention and make a statement in his mind and really get something to happen? What are you doing on a leadership level to get control of this situation? That's really the question that needs to be asked. So again, it's difficult for us to really ponder and posit what kinds of things this horse needs because it's hard for us to know how advanced the horse is. You know, if this horse has a lot of front-end control on it, for example, we can use the turnaround as an intensive reprimand or correction in certain situations. You know, or if this horse doesn't have a ton of handling on it, we might want to go with the tried-and-true rollbacks or there's other intensive redirections of the feet and loping exercises at a more basic level that would be good for that greener horse. You know, we just don't know how advanced the horse really is. But ultimately, that's why we're asking for that new question format where people try to ascertain three possible answers to their own question. Because usually, like Nadine's question from um, episode two of this current season of the regular podcast, she did a good job. She actually answered partly her own initial question. It was kind of a two-part question. She partly answered her own question, and she was putting good ideas out there as to things she can actually do in her day-to-day training. And what that allowed us to do is, is get a very real sense of where Nadine is at in her program and then provide advice that we would do if we had a horse in that exact same situation. With this horse, it's a little bit more murky. And what I would like to hear more from Cassie is what is she doing when this horse is being reactive, when this horse is being forward and wanting to half-ass run off with her or just being fresh and being spooky or being reactive, what have you. What is she doing in those moments? What has she tried or what could she try that she hasn't yet? Those would be much more valuable questions to ask rather than saying, my horse is behaving this way. Why is this happening? We kind of know why, but that doesn't matter so much as what are you doing right now to be a leader for this horse instead of being a non-factor and a passenger? What are you doing to get inside this horse's head, assert control, and be the leader that this horse really needs? So our thanks goes out to both Deanna and Cassie for submitting questions for the podcast. And in fact, we're willing to follow up with both of them through Facebook if they'd like to provide us more details about things that they're actively trying in their riding right now, um, what has seemed to work, what hasn't, and we can give them even more specific advice. For those of you listening, we hope you got value from this, and we really appreciate all the love and support we've been getting since launching season two of our podcast. 
If you guys have questions that you'd like us to answer, there's multiple ways you can get in touch with us. The easiest way is to just find us on Facebook, type in Lundahl Performance, you'll find our page. You can message the page with your training questions. You can also email jake at lundahlperformance.com. If you even go to our page on Anchor, anchor.fm is the platform that we use to host our podcast. One of the cool features about that is you can send us a voice message. So if you don't want to type out a whole book about what your horse is doing, you can actually send us a voice memo to our Anchor account. You'll just go to anchor.fm or get the Anchor app, find Horseman's Academy podcast, and click send a voice message. It's right there at the top. And there's even a link in the episode description of this podcast. So any of those channels are perfect. We just ask that you follow that format of a question followed by three hypothetical solutions or things that you've already tried in your own question. Above all, guys, thank you for listening to the Horseman's Academy podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Horseman's Academy podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star rating to help other horsemen just like you find the podcast. To learn more about the Horseman's Academy or to submit a training question you want covered on the show, visit www.lundallperformance.com. Thank you.